Next up, we're talking with Army veteran Travis Davis, author of Flames of Deception and Cobalt on Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. Take on this holiday season with the help of Navy Federal Credit Union and the Navy Federal Cash Rewards Card. Get cheer to last all year. Visit NavyFederal.org for more information. All right, we're talking with Army veteran Travis Davis. So, Travis, uh, welcome to the show. We've got a number of different things to talk about. First, take us back and tell us what you did in the Army. Uh, well, I joined the Army at 17 years old, so that left awesome. some things out that I could have done. Yeah. Uh, but I was, I joined, uh, I was first 11 Delta, which was an armored reconnaissance specialist. Then that changed over to 19 Delta. And I was a cab scout for 20 years, basically from, uh, but you know, I had a myriad of things in the army. And I think that's what was nice about being a cab scout. I went from, you know, driving in one, one, three to driving the deputy brigade commander of the six air cab combat brigade to the sergeant major of the brigade. Then got into uh, left front seat of a 58, being an aerial observer. Uh, Bradley's, uh, my first unit when I got out of basic AIT was a straight leg infantry platoon, Delta Troop quarter horse, first and fourth calf. Uh, uh, First and fourth calf. And the thing was, we never got a ride in or out. It was either in or out. We we had to walk (laughs) one way in or one way out. Yeah, uh, walking halfway. Oh, yeah, we never. And then I uh, did platoon sergeant, scout platoon. I spent a lot of time in the line. I spent all but three years on line units. Uh, then when I got out, I was assistant operations sergeant in the 2nd Armored Cavalry Regiment. My second time there. Yeah. So, yeah. And so how, did scout stuff. how much time you spent in the Army? 20. All right. So retired. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So 20 nice years check. in the Army, you got you got the member of the Paycheck of the Month Club, but... Uh, what, what was the transition like for you out of the Army? You know, back then, I retired a long time ago, 27 years ago. And the transition, they they tried to help, you know, they put up job boards, you put your resume, they'd help with their resume. Yeah. But transitioning out of the Army from a 19 Delta at that time, there wasn't a lot of opportunity. But what I did do, I capitalized on some of the things I did in the Army, not more or less the MOS. For example, I was a certified instructor. Uh, I taught at the Armor School. So I used that to get a job. My first job out of the Army was writing content for a company that worked with the state of Arkansas for child support from a training aspect. So I helped them write the training manual. Really? Uh, yeah. Then I got involved in computers. I've always been involved, you know, worked with computers. And the owner of the company, I, said, I told him, I said, hey, I'd like to, you know, maybe manage the network. It's a real small company. And he goes, yeah, go for it. We'll send you some classes. So I started getting into Microsoft technology, some of the Novell technologies, and I went got some certifications. I went to work for a company called Electronic Data Data Systems, yeah, EDS. Very good company. Yes. Awesome. And I said, well, no, I'd like to be a Microsoft trainer. So I got on the call with Microsoft, and the guy that I was talking to was retired first sergeant out of the Army. <laughs> and go. I go, hey, I've got my hotel uh, designator. It's on my DD-214. I'm, I'm certified on Windows 90, uh, 95 and 
three one one and all this other stuff. Oh yeah. He goes, he said, fax it to me, and I'll I'll get your training certification uh, by the end of the day. So I was a Microsoft trainer, and then I went, you know, then after that I would work for Microsoft and some other uh, you know companies as as a consultant. Yeah, no kidding. So um, at some point you started uh, coming up with some of the some ideas on your own. Yes, I did. So I was sitting in, I've always been kind of a creative thinker, I think. So I was sitting in a meeting one day with my team. I had a uh, help, uh, or I managed a sales engineer for Central United States for a company called Altiris back in the time they were bought by Symantec. And I was sitting in a meeting one day and I can see everybody taking notes, right? So I said, great. So I said, what, when you're done with the meeting, uh, I need those in Salesforce. But before that, I've always, I'm bad with names because the army teaches you to say captain last name. Yeah. I always, I always knew, you know, I never knew any first names. They always knew all the last names, right? right? Or sergeant or colonel, whoever. Right. And so I sent a, sitting in a meeting one day and I, I got these business cards and I placed them where everybody was sitting. And then based on the hearing of what the buying signals were, I'd mark their, their card red, yellow, or green signify no way maybe they're going to buy yeah and i walked out of that meeting and i go holy cow this would be an app so i created an app on the uh iphones i don't know know if it's still there or not called meeting mapper which you could put people around the table and color code them and then take notes and then you could export it and everything yeah and that's well then i'm sitting in that meeting that one day and i see everybody taking notes so i i get back to the office i look at salesforce after a couple days about the opportunity or whatever Nothing. So I said, okay, take, put your notes and take them in. I can't build strategy on nothing. So when they put the notes, the demo went well, went to lunch, had another meeting. I'm like, <laughs> that makes no sense. So what I did, I adapted that app into salesforce.com. And today we still have the company. It's 12 years old, self-funded, zero debt called point and time software. Really? And so, yeah. Oh, go over again. What does point in time software actually do? Is uh, it is a, it's a uh, application that runs in salesforce.com to be able to create opportunity plans, account planning, meeting planning execution, just to have everything in a central location. So as a, a director, for example, I can't go all the meetings, but I need to know what's happening. Cause I need to know if the deal is going to close yeah. or what, what are the, what's the hindrance of a deal closing. And that's what allows you to do it. it. It bubbles up to the top what's important in a meeting and who's in that meeting. And, you know, I've been in meetings where, you know, you'll have a group of people and somebody will be sitting in a chair and not say one word, not a word. But you know what? That person is the decision maker. So you have to know or where a person sits is important in some cultures. Yeah. Uh, so I, it's all visual, you know, visual in Salesforce. And that's, uh, that's what we do, but, uh, me and a buddy started it and, uh, you know, again, self-funded, uh, and zero debt. I haven't really used Salesforce. You're saying it's something that runs inside of Salesforce. Like, yes. is it like, uh, the Salesforce allow add-on applications or something oh, like yeah. that? Yeah. They, they allow some applications. They go through the security review. They can either be like almost embedded in Salesforce. So there's no external servers, right? We don't have any servers that your data goes to. It all stays on the Salesforce cloud or your instance. Okay. And then we did that for a while. I tried that for about three years. 
that had to make more money <laughs> to keep on living. So that kind of put that on the back burner, but it's still, it's still going. Yeah. Wow. So a couple of successful apps. So you started playing with, so you're heavily involved in sales. Yes. Which is somewhat of a, you're constantly basically, you're basically an entrepreneur in and of yourself, you know, as a sales guy, come up with a couple of apps, things, things are looking good there. Did you continue on in sales after that? I did. I, uh, I'm more of the technical sales side. So, you know, the sales guys go ahead and say that it'll do everything. Then you got to get them out of the room and slap them around and say that. No, it doesn't. <laughs> now I have to show what you just said. You know, I have to prove <laughs> it out. Uh, so I did that for a while in about a year, maybe a year and a half ago, a year and four months ago. Uh, the company I worked for, they had a, a rift and I was like, perfect opportunity to retire. So <laughs> I retired. And after a year and four months or so, not even after six months, I've been going since I was 17 years old. Right. And I just can't not do something, yeah. but I wanted to have my time. So I started doing being a bus monitor on a special education bus in our school district. Uh, so I helped the little kiddos, you know, on and off the bus, make sure that everything's all right and they're safe and sound and, you know, make them laugh and, I, you know, I wear my army hat so they know I'm like a drill sergeant to them, but they kind of love that thing. It's a little bit of structure in their life. Yeah. But uh, it, it's it's pretty rewarding. And then I do some other stuff on the side. All right. Hold that thought. We're going to take a quick break. Be right back. Yeah. Take on this holiday season with the help of Navy Federal Credit Union. When you use the Navy Federal Cash Rewards Card, you can earn up to 1.75% cash back on all purchases. You can redeem your rewards as soon as you earn them. And using the Navy Federal mobile app makes redeeming easier than ever. Enjoy the rewards of cash back without any annual fee, balance transfer, or foreign transaction fees. There are no limitations on rewards, and they never expire while your account is open. Learn how you can get cheer to last all year with the cash rewards card at NavyFederal.org. Our members are the mission. Insured by NCUA, rates are variable in range between 14.9% and 18% APR based on creditworthiness. ATM fees for cash advances are up to $1 at non-Navy Federal ATMs. Messages and data rates may apply. Visit NavyFederal.org for more information. Experts say that China is hoarding a massive amount of food. They will soon have over two-thirds of the globe's corn reserves, over half of its rice, and over half of its wheat. But when asked about it, China lies. One China expert says they, of course, will never admit to something like that. Well, what does China know that we don't? When it comes to the global food shortages, China is the canary in the coal mine. You see, China is the world's number one food importer. They rely on the rest of the world to keep their people fed. So they can't afford to mess up or there will be riots, civil panic, or even worse, when over a billion people can't eat. What does that mean for Americans like you and me? Two words, food shortages. That's why it's a smart idea to stock up on the kit of the best-selling Four Patriots survival food. Create your own stockpile of the best-selling Four Patriots Survival Food Kits. Hand-packed in the USA, these kits are compact and stack easily. They have different delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners. And their five-star reviews on the website rave about the flavor and taste. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase of Four Patriots Survival Food by typing in the code VETERAN at checkout. Just go to fourpatriots.com and use code VETERAN to get 10% off your first purchase of Four Patriots Survival Food. That's fourpatriots.com. Use code veteran. All right, back talk with Army veteran Travis Davis. So, Travis, talk to us a little bit about your experience with entrepreneurship. You 
you're in sales, you came up with a couple apps, you had some other things happening. Um, in, you know, in your opinion and from your experience, what, what do veterans bring to the table as far as business and the entrepreneurship game when they get out? Uh, I, I had to tell you when I, when I, when I interviewed folks for positions, uh, if, if military background, if they had a military background, they meant a, meant a lot to me because I under, I know you're going to be on time. You're going to give a hundred percent. You're going to be respectful in all situations. You know how to handle pressure. Uh, but you also need know how to use tack, right? That's important when somebody's just being a, a total, you know, a-hole. But yet when you when you're done talking to them and you tell them basically, you know, shut up, they'll say, you know what? Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, so I think that the military brings that. And I also think you bring you bring a sense of individualism, but as a team too, you bring a team concept with you. So you're always saying, how can I help other people bring on other people? I want to build a team because a team is more successful than an individual. And I, uh, veterans, I believe do that. And I, I love working with veterans. I love helping them out. My son's a veteran. Uh, he just cut out about three years ago from the army. Uh, so I do like working with my, I talk to veterans all the time about, you know, how would you start a business? So, you know, what do you want to do? Do you have a passion? You know, let your work drive your passion. And eventually if your passion becomes a company or something you want to do, let that do it. Right. Don't, don't leave negative, uh, negativity is not good for you. Right. Listen to people who support you, but then listen to some other opinions also. That's not bad either. But if you just hang on negative people, they're going to drag you down into the swamp. Yeah. You know, you mentioned tact. It reminds me um, many years ago, I was interviewing Sam Meek, who's, who, uh, who's a Marine who started Sandbox. Sandbox is like an app that allows you to, you can send, it's meant for like boot camp and basic training. You can, or anybody overseas, you, you can like take a picture and then add some text to it and then send it to Sandbox and they'll turn it into an actual printed letter and mail it to your service member. Oh, that's cool. That's what Sandbox is. And he was talking about when he first got out of the Marine Corps, he was a golf caddy. And some guy hired him to come work for his financial company, financial investment company. And Sam's like, I, I don't have any experience in any of that. Like, why, why, are, you, why, are, you, why are you hiring me? I don't even, I don't, I don't even understand. I got to ask. The guy's like, because you have tact. Sam's like, really? What do you mean? It's like, yeah, yeah I, I could just tell by working with you. You have good, you have tact. And he, he's basically pointing at all these soft skills that, that Sam has as an infantry guy. Yep. And veterans, military folks. They're, they're just more well-versed in dealing with people in tough situations, like you mentioned. And, and that means a lot. It's hard to quantify on a resume sometimes, but um, you can use yep. those skills to your advantage uh, you know, to get that job when you get out or uh, use them in business and, and in entrepreneurship. So um, what were some of the things that oriented you towards starting your own business or, or, or the entrepreneurship game? I think it's maybe the, the independence and the freedom that allowed me to do uh, you know, what I wanted to do. Uh, that was a lot of, it wasn't really the financial aspect of it. It was just more, you know, getting something out that maybe somebody can use and make, help them or help them succeed. Uh, and in the turn, uh, you know, be able to help other folks. But I think it was really around that and just seeing uh, it, you know, there's nothing like somebody using something that you, that nobody's ever thought of before and have bought something that you, that, and are using it that you thought of. And that, that to me, that's pretty cool. So I think that maybe just kind of stokes my, uh, you know, me, but I think it's, I like that portion of it. 
Yeah. Yeah. So you've, you've actually got a couple books out. Talk to us about what it takes to write a book and, and the entrepreneurial aspects of, of actually pulling off a you know, book from start to finish. Oh yeah. So I started writing about almost two years ago and I had an idea. I was sitting in a sales meeting and they were, it was totally boring. <laughs> so I, I said, man, I got an idea. So I got out and I called my old platoon leader, right? I've known him since 1990, I think, 91. He retired a colonel just a couple years ago. I worked at the Army War College. And I called him. I said, hey, and it's hard for me to call him by his first name, even after all these years. <laughs> yeah. So I call, I call him lieutenant or something. Or, you know, I'll call him Scott every once in a while. I say, hey, Scott, I go, we had an idea. Let me run it by you. And he goes, that's a pretty good premise. So that night I sat down and started writing. So from an author, perspective, you've got to have discipline. So writing a book is discipline. You've got to set, especially if you work. You've got to set time aside to be able to write that. And I think being an entrepreneur, you've got to set time enough to be successful. You, but you got to have time for other things too. Not only it's it's a business. It's not just writing a book. It's a business. So it's from a marketing perspective. How are you going to market the book? How are you going to create your own brand? Because you're creating a brand for yourself and that's going to lead to sales. Or how do you talk to people? I think one of the, the best things I think the, the military did for me is I can go into a room with CEOs of Fortune 100 companies, and I am not in the least intimidated by one of them. That's because I've got my ass chewed by Sergeant Majors, <laughs> and it wasn't pleasant, right? Or yeah. I, I've known maybe, uh, I knew Colonel Shinseki. Colonel Shinseki is a lieutenant colonel, all the way up until he's a you know, four-star general. I've known him that long. We kept in contact you know, over the years. And so I'm not intimidated by that. So from a book perspective, you got to go be, you know, rejection, right? You're going to get your offer. No big deal. You know, just go back and try it again. But it definitely writing a book, you think, Oh, I just write a book. People are going to buy it. No, it's an entrepreneurial adventure because you're putting yourself out there. And those people out there, when they read that book, they can be pretty, pretty tough. So you got to have a little, you got a thick skin. And I think the military can give you a very thick skin by talking to some of my friends that know yeah. me. Uh, so, yeah, but I, I do enjoy it, but it is, uh, you got to invest some money potentially. Uh, you want to see the return on investment, how long that will take if ever, but what do you get? What do you want to get out of what you're doing? I think it's important. And you can be an entrepreneur with by yourself. You could be an entrepreneur that builds up, you know, a thousand person company, fortune 500. You, it's still the same mindset that you need of, I need to go. It's like when you march, right? Or when you're running real far, your land navigation, you pick a point, intermediate point, you walk to that point because you know where you want to go. And you pick these intermediate points and you get to a point. What happens if you come across a lake and you're shooting a nine, you know, you're shooting an azimuth and where you want to go is across that lake. What do you do? You shoot, a, you know, shoot a 45 degree angle, go back and back and around. So, you have to be able to navigate the business and the business world like that, because there's going to be people that throw up an obstacle. And what do you do in an obstacle? You go around it, you destroy it, and you mark it for later. People throw objections at you. What do you do from an objection? You handle the objection. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize that writing a book is an entrepreneurial venture. So 
because they think, oh, I'm just going to write a good book and it's going to sell itself. But anybody, <laughs> anybody in business knows that there's no, there's not been a product yet invented that sells yeah. itself. Right. So, you know, going into writing a book, like you said, you're building a brand. You're going to have to market that book. You're going to have to promote that book. You're going to have to be out on the, on the circuit, so to speak. Yep. Talk a little bit about some of the entrepreneurial requirements and commitments in writing a book. Yeah. So, you know, writing a book, you need to set a, set time aside. Because, okay. You know, some people say, I want to write a thousand words a day. Or well, some people can't do it because they're working. Now, you got to put in the research, right? You, you've got to put in research for a book. The other is, if you look at a book, a pie, and look, think of a book as a pie, a third of that is writing. Another third is probably proofreading, editing, and other things. A th other third of that pie is marketing. So every day you need to set aside an hour to market, whether that's on X or Twitter or Facebook or reaching out to people or emails or something. Every day I think of something to market to get your book in front of people. That's the important part. Yeah. And then always, you know, if you've got another book you're thinking about, start marketing early. The book release, right? That is critical. How you, how are you going to manage that book release? And how, how much in advance of a book release do you start marketing it? Is it six months or a month? It's a month. It, however you feel comfortable. But I tell you, not the day of the book release. That's not good. Right. And I didn't know these things, right? I didn't know them. So I had to learn them or, or learn them from other people, authors particularly. It's a very, it's a very uh, good community in authors. Uh, because everybody will help everybody. You're not taking my readers, right? I'm not, yeah. you're not, I'm not taking yours. There's enough that everybody wants to read a book. You know, they don't read just one book a year. They read many books a year. So I would say, you know, I would look at it from a business perspective. The book is a business and you're trying to sell it because what do you want to do? You want to capitalize on your efforts. You want to grow your profits because you want to do another book and you want people to buy that book and look at it as a business and operate it as a business cash flow. Yeah, can you talk a little bit about the advantages of uh, going through a, working through a publisher or self-publishing? Yeah, so there's there's like three probably ways of publishing. Traditional publisher, where you submit a letter, you submit your manuscript, and hopefully they'll look at it, or you know, author letter, they'll look at it, and then okay, that takes about a eighteen months process. The re, uh, the benefit is from a marketing perspective, they have more of a marketing arm, right? So it's not just you, yeah. but you still have to market the royalties are lower. Then you have what they call a hybrid model where it is basically you're going through a publisher, but you're paying for, you know, most, some of the cost of publishing a book. So your, your skin is in the game. So you, you want it to be successful. Then there's a self-publishing aspect, which is pretty easy on Amazon. Now the, the disadvantage of that is getting your book into brick and mortar. Barnes and Nobles and things like that. that's the tough part from a self-publishing perspective. You get them in indie bookstores, but there's a lot of even folks that have traditionally written books are starting to go to self-publishing because all that royalties are yours other than what, you know, Amazon takes. Those are yours. So, and the other benefit is you want to wait 18 months to get a book out that may be time sensitive. So, you know, you can write a book in six months, whatever, and take another six months to market it or three months to proofread it and everything else. And they get the book out maybe nine months to a year. Yeah. 
So there's all these advantage of what is best for you, but whatever way that you look at it, you know, that, that, that author letter and that manuscript, that that's your business plan, right? You got to have a business plan, right. whatever that case may be and whatever, however you write it, but that's what you want to look for. What do you need? What are the ingredients you need to make a good loaf of bread? Yeah. So the, you know, going the publisher route, probably one of the, obviously they've been there, done that, um, in, in knowing what kind of books sell and, but yeah, marketing is probably a huge thing. They've, they've already got a big marketing arm already out and yep. ready to go and just follow their script and go with it. So self-publishing may be a little difficult, although there's a lot of places that help self-publishers now that may have some of the things. Oh same things yeah. It's amazing. Place. It's amazing. Uh, you know, the other advantage of self-publishing or maybe a hybrid is um, wokeness, right? Some <laughs> of these uh, established uh, book houses, you need to have certain demographics. You need to have a certain characters. You've got to, right? You've got to, you got to oh, play yeah. their tune. The hybrids, uh, my publisher defines press. Uh, they don't, uh, it is a, uh, First Amendment free speech type uh, book publisher. And then if you go your own, you put whatever you want in here. I mean, yeah. you don't have to be like an idiot or nothing, you know, be, be respectful. Right. Yeah. Like some of the wokeness that you that you have to deal with. I mean, even if you're like, even if you're writing your own autobiography or, 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 a, or a factual type thing, yeah. not, not, not fiction, some of that stuff's still required or it's not going to get promoted or you or even approved if it's taken. Yeah. 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 You gotta, and that used to not be the case. I would assume based on some of the books that I've you know, wrote or not wrote read, you know? Uh, so that is something you got to keep in your mind. You just try to be respectful, but if you, you know, if it takes telling a good story, then that's what it takes to tell a good story. Cause that's other, you want, you want a book to be entertaining to whoever's reading it, whatever genre, you may like I I wrote I write thriller suspense fiction. Right now I'm actually starting to write a fictional historical fiction of World War One, and the amount of research and the things that I'm I'm doing for that book. So I may write an hour, two hours, but I'm having to do three or four hours of research because I got to make sure that this is plausible or. You know, when did the first infantry division get to France, right? You know, the first infantry division was the, there was not even a division in the army until World War One, and a, a Pershing brought together other remnants from all over, and that created the first infantry division. Really? And, uh, you know, and I, I talk about, I go into Arlington National Cemetery. There you have to be very respectful, but, you know, you have to be correct in what you're talking about and where everything's placed. So I enjoy it, but I enjoy it. I love the research and I love talking about, you know, military stuff. Wow. So what's some of the things you've learned um, after, you know, accomplishing the book and, and getting it published in, in marketing and, and selling your book and promoting your book? What are some of the big things you've learned in that regard? Create a brand, brand being get a website. It doesn't have to be, a, you know, elaborate. Build your brand. Build a following of, you know, be, get, get on social media, whether it is X, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, get on that and start promoting early, but let people know that 
hey, I'm writing this book, and you you you'll get authors that are like, hey, I'd love to read it before it's published, and then you get these quotes, you get these you know uh, reviews already. That's key. Reviews are, are key. And any of y'all out there, if you read a book, please go out and review it on Amazon. You don't have to write a you know a dissertation or even anything. Just star com start it, comment if you need to, and also Goodreads. That goes a lot in how uh, uh, Amazon's algorithms place books. Uh. But be mindful of where you put your marketing dollars because some stuff does not work. Just give me spend money, yeah. Yeah, just don't don't create a, you know, my wife will see the credit, you know, I have a, you know, my business card, uh, a corporate card for what, my business. And she's like, am I ever going to be re- able to retire? <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so be mindful of your money. But, uh, you know, the three things are build, build your brand, uh, build a quality product that's entertaining, uh, spend an hour a day marketing, even before the book is even published. Think and think of things and, and have a roadmap. You know, we all had training schedules, right? I mean, training schedules every day, every week, what we were going to do. Look at, you know, deploy, you know, look at a book as you're prepping for a deployment and what the checklist, what you do to prep for that deployment to be successful. And that's how you kind of have to look at it. Yeah. All right. So, so where do we, where do we find your books? My books are on amazon.com. The book, one is called Flames of Deception. The other is called Cobalt, Rise and Fall of the Great Reset. They are uh, Barnes Noble Online, Books a Million Online, Amazon. Uh, so they're all over. They're also my website, authortravisdavis.com. And you can order them from there, hardcover, softcover, and auto, uh, signature them, autograph them, and uh, send them out. Awesome. Perfect gift. All right. So, Travis, I'll give you the last word. We're running out of time. If uh talking to somebody getting out of the military, looking to get into running their own business and the entrepreneurship game, what kind of advice do you have for them? Look at the skills you learned. Look at the hard skills you learned. Look at the soft skills you learned. Think about the people that you interacted with and go out because you're going to meet all sorts of people and you're going to be able to relate to them whether you believe it or not. And you can, and every time you talk to somebody, think of it as an interview, no matter what you, what you do. I, I, my first job, I walked into an elevator. I opened it up. The lady walked in. She, I said, pleasant to her. Got to the fourth floor. She walked out. I walked out both ends. Lady said, hey, Irma's ready to see you. I opened the door and there's a lady in the, in the elevator. And she goes, you have a job. And the reason why you have a job, I don't need to interview because I know based on my slight interaction with you that you're going to be a good employee. And, <laughs> you had no I idea who she job. was in the elevator. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know who she was. I said, yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Helped her out. You know, not helped her out, but open the door, let her. So just use the, you, you have more skills than you will ever think, or you could ever look when you say I'm at 11 Bravo or I'm a 13 Bravo or I'm a 76 Yankee. It doesn't matter. You have soft skills, utilize them, combine them with your hard skills. Awesome. You never know who you're standing next to. You absolutely don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Travis. Yes, sir, well, right. thanks for uh, sharing your entrepreneurial success story. Good luck with well, your, thank with you. your books I and appreciate everything else. It. And uh, look forward to seeing your future success. Yes, sir. And, uh, guys, thank you for your service, every one of you. All right. Uh, these right. Uh, two veterans are Oscar Mike. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. 
If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike.